Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, Malcolm Cloud. And joining us is special guest, uh, Sarah Overacker. So excited. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah, as always, when we have new people come in, uh, what is your anime experience? So I started watching anime when I was in high school. Um, first ever, first ever anime other than, so I started Attack on Titan and Black Butler at the same time, but I kept watching Black Butler. So that was like my first ever anime. Then I like stopped watching it for a bit. And then I got really into it when COVID started and I haven't stopped since. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, again, I was like, you know, we went to school together. And of course, our school ended basically right when COVID started. And I was like, wait, was Sarah into anime before COVID? We just never brought it up. I knew there were some um, other people in our class who were into anime. But yeah, you were never part of those conversations. Yeah, yeah no, like I definitely like I was but I was not into it when I was in school because I just like didn't yeah i didn't really watch it a lot and then now i'm like this is way better than any kind of tv i watch ever and that's what happened to malcolm when we started the podcast during covid so uh many people got into anime during covid a lot of my friends got into it um it's a wonderful time for me i'm uh, as i've said before on this podcast uh had a lot of insecurity i mean again I'm, I'm, I'm like 10 years older than you sarah or something like that so again like I, I'm doing the era where you would be called very mean things if you liked anime in high school. So <laughs> if, I I um, had that whole insecurity. If it makes you feel better, I grew up in a tiny town of 3,000 people and you still would, to this day, you'd probably still get <laughs> bad things for that. <laughs> but now it's like a redemption, this whole thing of like things like Jujutsu Kaisen being movies that like sell out theaters and shit. It's wonderful. I love it. Exactly. So we're talking about a very good anime called Ranking of Kings, and this was written by Sosuke Toda, and it was Toda's manga debut despite being 41 years old. Uh, he was a self-described 41-year-old corporate dropout. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, again, you know, I was expecting this guy to be in his 20s, as most like manga um, debuts tend to be, or you know, I didn't know if this guy had been around or something. If this was like his. Uh, you know, if he had done other things before, but no, it's his debut. And if you look at the art uh, for the manga of Ranking of Kings, it definitely shows. Um, the anime is gorgeous. The manga is uh, is a little more, uh, you know. <laughs> a little, little more amateur. It's a little more amateur. It's endearingly amateurish. The way that like the One Punch Man manga was also not the best drawn thing, but but still became a huge, massive hit. But, you know, brilliant story. So uh, he submitted this manga through the user submitted website Manga Hack in May 2017. And the manga is currently ongoing with 13 volumes released. The anime was produced by Wit Studio and aired from October 15th, 2021 to March 25th, 2022. And Yosuke Hada, who had directed episodes of One Punch Man and also worked on Hunter x Hunter, directed the series. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a solid pedigree behind this show. Not only like that, but like the actors that they get and stuff too. It's phenomenal. Did you watch the subbed or dub, by the way? I've watched it subbed. So I'm a big sub guy. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for watching dub, mm. but I'm a big sub guy. Like I... I'm a dub. I dub. I, I watch the dubs. <laughs> I think now that because Malcolm, you and me, our, our episodes, we don't have the massive backlog. I think we are probably going to watch some more subs just to, just to cap, you know, um, capitalize on some newer series. I, I think... Um, uh, Spy Family is probably going to be covered so on this podcast. Good. Oh I have yet to watch God. it because we need to wait for more episodes to air before we can cover it, of course. Um, but, you know, I think that's a solid promise we can make on the podcast uh, within within due time. But clearly you love it, Sarah. 
my god my roommate and I so we do like our anime nights on Sundays when we're both home and that is like our number one that we watch every night now so episode three is tonight and the characters amazing so good actually the guy who voices in the in the sub for um ranking of kings is the Lloyd Forger who is the main character in Spy Family is voicing who does he voice he's um Domus in Ranking of Kings in the Japanese version. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. I love the voice actor, so. Um, I did this dubbed. Um, again, I, I love a good dub. I think the dub for this is really solid. Um, but yeah, again, I respect all, all your choices. And obviously, I've had to watch a number of uh, subs for shows that uh, are, are awaiting dubs, of course. I mean, like, yeah, I, I just told you, Sarah, I recently finished Attack on Titan and I had to watch like the last four episodes subbed. But it oh, was fine. Okay. It was fine. It's a good show. Um, <laughs> when Sosuke Tada was asked what his parents thought of his success, he said this. My parents don't know anything about it. They still think I'm working as a salary man. They are old-fashioned and conservative types who have no understanding of manga as a career. I am afraid they will worry about me if they find out that I make a living by drawing manga. So I keep it a secret from them. That is iconic. <laughs> I love that so yeah. much. Again, I, we, we've covered a lot of these people. Some of these people are just hard to find interviews of. I, I looked up Sosuke Tada. There is a single uh, interview that I got from this blurb from, from Anime News Network. And that's it. We're, I guess they have like a big workload for as they're trying to like, you know, get the manga made every like month or is it week? Do they have, is it weekly uh, or monthly? It, it depends on the series. I haven't even looked into whether uh, Ranking of Kings is a weekly one, but it's not 13 volumes as of 2017. So I think it's probably a, a, a weekly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That much. I do, I do like, sorry, they're part of that interview because I did, I did look that up was there's a quote um, from the creator of Ranking of Kings where he, when he was talking about it, he quit his job to make the uh, the book. And like as the book's been successful, he just goes, I felt reluctant to quit my job at the age of 41. However, it is also true that I've had an easygoing life since I am single and have nobody to provide for. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That. You know what? Pro, you know, props for, uh, for you know, uh, representing the, the, the single people. Props for that. Yeah, but I guess it, I did. I guess at that point it does make it easier. Where you're just like, yeah, I could keep this corporate job and just kind of hate my life, or screw it, I don't have the like responsibilities. So like, might as well take a shot at this again. And it, like paid off. He's probably making more from this manga that he did at that corporate job. Oh, for sure. Oh. The it's it's a wonderful story. Um. So, anyways, I have a question for you folks. What is the measure of a king? Are there many prominent knights in his service? Are his subjects fruitful and his town thriving? And above all else, does he himself bear the power of a hero? These are the measures by which nations determine the ranking of kings. Oh, what, a, what an opening too, hey? Like just having that, that first thing you see and that's just telling you, okay, this is what we're talking about and this is what we're doing. And it says the name of the show. Yeah, always bang <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. You gotta love it. Bang, I know. Um, no, I love it, man. Um, so this anime, it's about, for one thing, let's just talk about the protagonist. Cause my God, this is such an interesting protagonist for a series. Oh gosh, I love him so much. He is one of my like top five characters now. Cause Boji is not my heart and soul oh, yeah. wrapped around his little pinky finger. Oh my God. Boji, it's such an incredible character. And again, like, you know, you talk about representation and I mean, you know, there I can't exactly name a lot of, you know, death and mute uh, protagonists and also, you know, you know, tiny as well. So he's just kind of have it. He has it all, really. 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, there's, like, an element to this uh, show that I didn't expect, which was, like, that, like, it has, like, these, like, very much, like, Ted Lasso vibes of just, like, you know, putting kindness above everything else, like, for a lead character. Like, it seems like that's all he cares about is, like, trying to be kind and do the right thing. And he's smarter, but obviously because he's deaf, a lot of people think they can take advantage of him. Uh, and I don't know, I really enjoyed that uh, aspect to this whole thing. Because I will say, like, the first, like, five, ten minutes of the show, I was like, um, Sarah, I, I don't know if you've listened to this, but there's a show we covered called uh, This One Time, or I Got Reincarnated as Slime that I absolutely despise. And I was like, are we going down this path again? <laughs> I, was so, I was so scared. I was like, oh, no, there's going to be, like, I just hated that show. Uh, but this time I was like, I was so enthralled. I was like, the, these episodes were quick. Like, I was like, oh, I'm really invested. And it's because of uh, uh, Boji. Oh, it's it's bingeable. It's bingeable. Like, even when I was watching it today, finishing up and, like, catching up and going ahead, like, bang, bang, bang. I was watching it till about five minutes before I came on here because there's so, it just, you see the character, you want to follow what he's doing. You realize that there's more to it. And it's all just, it draws you in right off the bat you see boji and you're like yes this is the protagonist he's a great character let's keep going yeah and the show doesn't even like take shortcuts i feel like a worse version of this would have taken shortcuts by you know maybe giving uh boji an inner monologue or finding a way for him to communicate to kind of just make it easier to tell the story but no it, it doesn't do that at all no, and that's what I think that's like, a, yeah, you're right. The most endearing part of this character is it's like, no, this is how he has to survive and he can't do anything else other than try his hardest. And like, I was um, thinking about, I have it written. I was like, I love the idea of a deaf main character because like um, they have, like you see things like Coda. Coda just won for best. Yeah, I was thinking office. about Coda as well. I and was like being represented as a thing. Deaf culture is a real actual community. And I was reading into it, and the actual animator who drew the sign language portions was a hard of hearing animator. Oh, cool. So he actually knows how to do, um, I think it's Japanese sign language, because I assume they have a different yeah. sign language, yeah. and actually like animated that sequence. So it's nice to see that culture actually represented. I'm hoping correctly, I haven't heard anything wrong or anything different about that, but I'm hoping it's correctly animated. Yeah, I mean, from from what I've seen, this show has received a ton of praise, of course, from the disabled community, because, again, it's like, you know, it, a, you know, anime has its tropes. And anytime, you know, anytime I meet someone and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do an anime podcast, the first thing that they think of, and I know this for a fact, is they think of Dragon Ball Z. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> It's it, hey, and Dragon Ball Z is you know it's the ultimate anime. I love Dragon Ball, uh, but I always have to be like, no, there's there's far more to anime than this. Obviously, there's things we've we've covered on the podcast before, like Cowboy Bebop, uh, the works of Satoshi Kon, and I think Ranking of Kings is another one that's going to go down as one of those examples of like, no, this is like what anime, you know, anime can be so much more. Even though this is also still you know a very intense fantasy show. Um, because we've talked about the kindness, but this show is also fucking violent. Oh my gosh, I was thrown right off because, like, I was—I have a coworker who had actually been like, "You need to watch this. You need to watch this." I was like, okay, and I was like, "Oh, the animation is gorgeous. It's very cute. It's very fresh, very fun." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Nah, this is a lot more intense than you think it's gonna be." Yeah, I mean, people—people people bleed. Um, there's other episodes I considered covering. I mean, I was just talking to Malcolm right before this, but. Um, we, we're covering episodes one to four and episode seven. And I was so torn. I'm like, 
you know, episode four has a wonderful cliffhanger. And I was like, hmm, maybe maybe we could just do the first four. Um, but I felt we needed to have a bit extra. But I was also like, shit, I kind of want to do six. But then, you know, we we have the time constraints of the podcast, of course. Um, but that all that's to say is that there's a lot of good episodes in this show. Uh, oh, yeah. And I and I picked episode seven due to my own biases of, of a character featured in that. Um, but yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, and there, there's episodes, uh, Sarah, you told me you watched up to episode 11, right? Yeah, I just finished episode 11. So. Okay, the, the, in the teens, in the late teens, oh my God, there's some really good stuff. Oh my God, uh, it gets mm-hmm. pretty, I'll definitely have to, to tone down what I was about to say because I wasn't sure how far you got. But yeah, there's some really, really great redemption. No spoilers, no spoilers. Um, there's some really great redemption moments um, for a lot of people. I, th- I think it's fair to say in this show, just in general, um, every character has layers, even characters who who you may think are evil. Uh, you find out uh, things about them. I mean, that's what's so great about it. You know, again, it's kindness. Uh, and you're like, hey, you know, this person who you think may be a jerk face will, you know, maybe they've got some tragic backstory or they have their own reasons or or failings that have led to where they've come uh, to this point, you know. And if you're talking about Domus. Dumbass, that has been my nickname for him <laughs> since day one. Cause that, and I like, I have a feeling, I have an inkling that he's gonna get a redemption, but I'm still so mad with how he treats Boji in the first like eight episodes. Oh, like, dumbass has been his nickname since I started this stupid show. <laughs> Great show, but stupid show. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, well, I think another we're kind of jumping ahead, but but fair. It's probably easier to just kind of talk about the characters in the world. Um, but even for example, like the queen, the queen is like you know, uh, you know, she she's a b word when you first meet her. You're like, oh, she sucks. Um, but then you find, but then you find out, you know, you know, her first interactions with Boji in the flashback, and you know, also her 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 own power is like, oh my god. Yeah, I just she's such a great. I think every single character has that like hidden, like hidden personality to them. Like, um, I, I have a book of notes. I'm sorry, I have like all my yeah. Go for it. We can jump ahead. I I think it's probably easier to kind of just talk in general, this anyways um, for this. Yeah, I mean because you said the four first four episodes are just like kind of one story arc. Notice too with um each character they have like a a parallel to like a fairy tale the magic mirror you have your your, the queen was supposed to be an evil stepmother but she's actually like this wonderful loving human being and like all these different characters have these opposites you know and i love it i just i love that kind of thing sorry (laughs) yeah no that's absolutely true i mean um yeah he was definitely the author of this was definitely influenced by fairy tales um, and also, you know, uh, fairy tales, as we as we know, the Disney versions of those fairy tales are are the sanitized versions. Uh, real fairy tales, uh, the original versions are much darker. <laughs> and really uh, dark. they're very dark. Uh, I, w- I was listening to a podcast about uh, the Disney version of Pinocchio, and they spent a lot of time talking about the original version and it ends with like Pinocchio being hung. And it's like, yeah, it's a reminder of, you know, children be good or else you'll die. Yeah, that's the scariest part about fairy tales too. It's just like, no, this is to tell you to not be bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we've talked a lot about how how Boji is great, but also you know his uh, his best his best friend Kage. Oh my god, I love Kage so much. Voice by okay, I'm going back to the Japanese version. Voice voice by Hinata from Haikyuu. Okay. Icon, icon. Um, I love Kage as a character. 
he's such a like great I don't want to say sidekick because he's not a sidekick he's another main character in my opinion but his bestie love it oh uh Kage is great and his uh, English voice actor is uh uh the youtuber uh pro ZD so he's best known for those really funny uh short sketches I'm sure you've is seen them really yeah, he's a he's now a voice actor. He's he's he basically I talked about this on the last episode, but he basically has stated before he doesn't really want to do sketches anymore because he's so busy with voice acting now. Um, if you look up um, his his uh, his non YouTuber name, I'm just going to look it up real quick here. Yeah, his his not his real name is Song Wan Cho. Yeah, oh, he's a very that. prominent voice actor. Yeah, I, I was watching a video with him. Um, and he was just talking about how, you know, that's always been his dream and he's been working really hard. And now he's, uh, you know, the last uh, year or two has been very busy for him, he said. Well, he does like uh, his YouTube stuff. He still uploads regularly on YouTube because uh, his YouTube channel has almost four million subscribers. But nowadays, I think he just does like Q&As. Like he just kind of answers people's questions. And then he opens up like things he gets sent by fans and does like board game reviews. <laughs> So it's not like, but he came to prominence as, uh, as a, this guy doing sketch, like small sketches on Vine, and then it just kind of blew up from there. Wow, yeah, good for him. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of YouTubers getting a lot of that stuff. I like Corpse is doing the English voice for. Um, oh my gosh, what show is he doing? Corpse Husband. Um, he's oh. playing the villain. I can't remember the show, but he just did one too. I know Young Yi, who's like a video game YouTuber. Uh, he voices Tribe a, a, Nine. He's supposed to be in Tribe Nine. Nine. That's the- moving on. Uh, but no, like, a- any thoughts on Kage, uh, Malcolm? Um, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed Kage. I actually didn't put it together until just now that uh, Sungwon Cho um, or Pro ZD, um, you know, did the voice. But it, like, kind of makes sense now that like I think about it. Yeah, I mean that his episode where like you kind of you see his origin story, like yeah, I think yeah, it was like episode two. I was like kind of like I was way more emotional watching it than I was expecting. Like it was just like so sad, especially he had like the little toy truck and like his mom getting killed and like you know him like trying to trade the truck for some for an apple and then he still like has to do it and you're just like oh oh no and then you know the fact that he's like pretty clearly a good person even if he was born to a clan of assassins and sort of supposed to be raised that way like it's i kind of i don't know like i just loved like the fact that boji kind of recognized right away that like this you know he was a good person and that's why he kept coming back to like give the clothes like it kind of like it all it's like all these small moments sort of added up where it's like oh no of course boji was like oh this is like a good person and like is also in need of help so that's why he kept coming back with like more and more clothes because like of course that whole episode, episode of his backstory is just it's honestly one of my favorites that i've seen so far because not only do you get to uh see that backstory but you have to see how they become so close right like kage's like no boji you fought really well and you are freaking cool so don't even yeah well especially because he's gonna like try to you know help because that's the that will also like that fight when like Boji decides he's not going to fight anymore and like loses his to his younger brother uh, because of um, was it Domas? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. First of all, that's like the hint that I should have seen. It was like, oh, Domas doesn't have Boji's best interest at heart. Like, there's there's this element of like he's deaf and he's small. That means he can't be a good leader, and it's like how wrong that is. Even though like. 
technically like he might not be fighting traditionally, but it's like, you know, he's dodging every swipe. <laughs> like he, well, and he's the getting the touches. He's he's getting the touches in the right spots when he needs to. That's exactly it. When I first watched the episode and and the last time I watched it, I was so mad because Thomas is like that's fighting dirty. That's not a fair fight. I'm like, he won. It's not a fair fight when you're out in the battlefield. If you kill somebody, you kill somebody. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. And it's like, and I think that's the thing. It's like, there's a, like, I feel like it's that old school versus the new school, right? With the old school. It's like, no, there's like a way we do it. And if you're not doing it that way, then what are we even doing here? And then there's like the new school of just like, no, like whatever works for the person, you know, having to do the combat, that's the way it should be. And it's like, it's so funny because he didn't fight dirty. It's like the brother fought dirty because the brother is like obviously bigger and it's just like at a certain point beating the shit out of his younger or his yeah. older, you know, smaller brother. And you're like, oh, and it's like so obvious as well. To, and I guess this is where, you know, Kaji sees it. It's like, it's so obvious that Boji's letting this happen. Like it's not like he's doing it by choice. And that's like almost the greater power of it. The beatdown that Boji suffers, once again, uh, just proves to you when you're watching this show, you're like, oh, God, this is not this is not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Not at all. And like and then what precedes that, too. So I have never, ever, ever related to a character more. I actually genuinely teared up at this point when um, Kage goes to find Boji in the bed when he's healing. And Boji's trying to lift the sword and he's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because he just can't do it. And when he finally realizes someone is there, he just wipes his tears and smiles. And I just broke down. I was like, this character is so sad. Because he's trying to be a king. He's trying to show that he's strong. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, again, the, the, I'm just repeating myself, but this show is so great. Like, just straight up. Um, yeah. Like you said earlier, Sarah, these episodes fly by. And there, there's not a weak link. I mean, there really isn't. And, the you know, as you get further into the show, the mythology gets so much deeper, too. They and fuck that. Um, there's a fantastic action sequence. It's between uh, Bebin and a character called Aspis like that. That action. Uh, uh, Bebin is the guy who uh, is the kind of the snake charmer man. And then Aspis mm-hmm. is the dude with the lance. And that action scene is fucking fantastic. Oh, when with the yeah, the assassination attempt. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, that part. Oh, my God. The animation when they're dueling, it's like, holy shit. And then the end result of it, you're like, what the fuck? It's like, you know, it ends with uh, Bevan bleeding on the floor. Okay, yeah, because I thought Bevan dies there. Or does Bevan... you, Well, yeah, I guess we kind of indicated. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's injured. Like, like he kind of gets hit in the chest. Yeah, he got full on um, Demon Slayer spoilers. He got full on Rengoku just then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that reference, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> I think you even saw the movie and you still forgot it. <laughs> oh, of course. I want to say this. Like, I went, okay, you said earlier, Jack, it's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've been getting into this. No, I watch it for this podcast, but there's a lot of stuff, a lot of shows in which I will forget what we've watched. <laughs> and I, like, didn't think that was going to happen to me. I usually have pretty good recall with this stuff, but, like, for a lot of them that I for whatever reason this guy kind of kind of come in and out. I feel like Ranking of Kings is actually one that's kind of sticking gonna stick with me. Like I feel like this is one of the those shows where I'm just like, yeah, I th- I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, still like after covering it, which I, I think is is uh, you know speaks to to the quality of the work. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, uh, hey, listen, I watched the Demon Slayer movie twice and and still couldn't really remember it for the podcast. So 
I'm, I'm not the only one, guys. I'm not the only one who struggles with, with uh, recollection sometimes. Um, no, but yeah. I, well, and when you get information thrown at you so quick, it's like, whoa, wait, wait, <laughs> hold on. Exactly. My little notebook. Let's talk Dida. Dida has a little arc where he's uh, listening to this magic mirror. And uh, what, when have magic mirrors ever uh, worked out for anyone in fairy tales? Never. I was like, oh, of course he's evil. He's talking to a fucking magic mirror. <laughs> like, of course the magic mirror is going is corrupting. It is. Um, but I love I to see that. It's like <laughs> I love to see it because it's like one of those like tropes that I don't feel like gets played up enough, like the magic mirror and like sort of the evil possessiveness of it. Uh, and I really appreciated it. Like I was like, okay, I like that. Uh, but I mean, obviously, you know, he's it seems like just a bad guy and i don't know necessarily he's bad like before like because we don't get to see a lot of like him growing up with boji but it's like clear that like this mirror is is doing something um and it also made me question like hilling the mother and being like okay because i know like hilling's not boji's biological mother although boji has like a very a strong fondness for hilling yeah, I mean, Hailene's a character who, when you first see her, she's she's like scolding Boji. So your first response as a viewer is to be like, oh, this lady sucks. But then you discover her backstory where, you know, um, obviously the first hints of it are where uh, Boji is healed by an unknown person later revealed to be Hailene. And then you get like flashbacks to her like, oh, my God, the flashback where uh, to Hailene where um, she heals the snake that uh, Boji finds, even though the snake uh, who is a fantastic character, God. Uh, yeah, just a two-headed snake. Two-headed snake, but like technically three, but one of its heads has been slashed off and it's blind in all but one eye. Like just a fantastic character design. Mitsumata is the Mitsumata, I think yeah. is his name. Yeah, oh my God. Well, what I love, love about him. about that reveal in like the Hillings like sort of backstory is that we saw the, the bigger snake or like, you know, the grown-up version of that snake early on in the cave when Boji like crawls in and like, you know, basically asks like where uh, Kage is. Um, and like it's just like we you know we owe you so much for like you know for what you did to for us and like you know we'll do everything we can and like you know just like get away from here like you know it's not safe but we'll tell you everything you need to know. I just love the payoff of like the fact that like within like two uh, like within the same episode we find out oh the reason why they have this debt to Boji is because you know Boji convinced Helling to be like hey you need to heal the snake like this is can't be it and like just like there's like a kind of like after she heals the snake of them sleeping in the same bed oh together, my like, god as, like, a little pet. i love that so much oh my god as, as an like, animal oh, lover. i didn't really like uh, first of all that snake got so big so fast <laughs> but uh but also just again it's that shows you like oh budgie's like it's that kindness it's the ted lasso effect that i think right now there's so much like there's so much like content out there that's so like cynical and like dark and like and sometimes you just need something where it's like oh no we're like gonna like do overwhelmingly positive things and it's like i kind of like that boji is an overwhelmingly positive you know character uh or he requires that or he brings that out from everyone around him even if he's getting betrayed and stuff like that yeah he pulls out the best in every single person even if they're fighting each other they're like ah i see i see you as a good person this is what we're gonna change it up to and yeah i genuinely like that about a character is that they have the likability but they also have the like eye you know like they in the end he knows that 
stuff is bad. And he knows that sometimes there are things that you have to do that aren't going to be fixed with kindness. But he has that realistic idea still, but he always goes for that kindness first. And it usually works anyway, but yeah, no, 100%. And, uh, I love, I love how when, uh, when queen healing when she does her healing, she has to like Hulk out. Oh my God. She just said tarps off and just full blown. I was so, I, I think that's one of the funniest things in the show. And I just, cause there's so many little funny bits and that threw me. It made me laugh so hard. Um, the way, so, so when she hulks out, that's because Boji is try- trying to escape, uh, this tower. He- He's in, he's supposed to like stay put um, due, due to some other uh, factors. And the way he falls, his falling is so adorable. And just like the way his eyes turn after he's like uh, uh, fallen to the ground is just so fucking funny. It's so good. And just, I mean, I was very distraught when he fell out of the window. And I looked and I'm like, your your rope doesn't even reach halfway down the building. What are, what are you doing? But these, just the way that they animate all the things, they do like the little chibi faces and they make it like, still that really happy-go-lucky animation for such an intense show and going back to that again i just i love that whole art design of it yeah so so i think one thing that's pretty important to the plot is that boji's uh father uh does name him as the heir to the throne but then uh due to machinations uh done by healing and all and also you know uh some magic mirror bullshit um uh what is it dida is uh named uh heir to the throne instead which which leaves boji just crying and running away and that made me sad because anytime boji cries i get sad yeah i was a poor boy and i was just like the thing the thing about dida is that he would be a great king if he didn't have that bloody freaking mirror he would be a fantastic king if he didn't have that mirror yeah, I mean, again, we're we're getting into a bit of spoiler territory. I think there is one line that that does actually give an indication, Malcolm, about what's happening. It's at the very end. I mean, you can you can spoil it if you want. Yeah, it's it's part it's, of the episodes we covered, but uh, he does get possessed by his father's spirit. Oh, uh, uh, Dida does. Yeah, the huh? final line says the final line in episode seven is uh, this. It says, uh, "So once more, I have given my son as my sacrifice." So yeah, Dida. Dida get Dida's body gets taken over by his father, so that's a whole nother thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because we don't get to see much of uh, of the father. Like he just kind of yeah, like, dies. He just he just dies pretty much. We don't even like really see the death. It's just like all right, we're reading the king's will. Uh, yeah, he's just like in a bed at one point. It's just like a giant in a bed, and it's just like I'm about to die, and then he just dies. <laughs> we get a little flashback of him. Uh, um, where like his his father basically uh, was this giant who like saved a village uh, from these orcs, and that's what led to the to the kingdom of Boss. That's what their kingdom is called. It's called Boss. Boss Nation. Yeah, Boss Nation. Boss Nation. <laughs> I love that. We just needed a one one character need, needed to be named Hugo. That's the one thing that's missing. The stuff oh, that happens God. with the stuff that happens with Dida and the mirror gets really fucking dark. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, and then you know, there's there. Y- there's a bit of stuff where, you know, Dida tries to fight the influence and it leads to a whole nother story. Um, but again, that's that's beyond what we've covered. But you can kind of already pick up on that in those first few episodes, I feel. Um, who else is another? Uh, well, well, you didn't love Domos. You didn't love Domos, uh, Sarah. Yeah, I like, and like I said, I have an inkling he's going to get a redemption, but I still 
cannot forgive him yeah. for what he's done. Yeah, in these episodes, he's not. He doesn't come off as that most endearing person. Like, like him, like him scolding. Um, who was it? The uh, that one night um, that follows them on the track. Oh, Hokoro. Ho- yeah, Hokoro. Uh, it's like him just being like, you know, you do. We, you know, we have orders, and like you, you know, you don't question the orders. You just do the orders. Like, you know, stuff like that. And, like, him, like, deliberately telling Boji that he's, like, you know, when in the fight, it's, like, you're not, you know, you're fighting not, like, a king. You're, like, you know, basically, like, a coward. Like, and then, obviously, the push. Like, I mean, him pushing him into, like, uh, I guess into, like, that cower. The gates of hell. The gates of hell. The fight, you know, basically a volcano. You're just, like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, so many questions about where his loyalties lie. Like, it's just so many Especially because you find out, like, Hakiro, who's a character I really enjoyed, like, just had, like, the only, one of the big reasons he even showed up to join, like, in, like, the accompanying uh, Boji on this journey is because, like, Boji showed him great kindness, like, after his own mother died, <laughs> you know? Uh, like, that flashback was, like, gave me, like, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> Boji's really the perfect person. <laughs> I'm trying to find a, an, another character who I love too, who doesn't appear for a ton, but I can't even find him on the ranking of Kings wiki. Um, he's the wild man that Boji meets. The, the weird guy who does the dance. Oh yeah. I mean the dancing, that was very funny. Uh, although like the, the end got very dark, very quickly. I'm like, I need to sacrifice you now. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a joke or if that was going to pay off, but uh, I, I watched I the show. Did they, it kind of implied that like maybe like remember like when they're like eating and then there's the the knives are thrown at the meat and then it's like the poison knives like is it implied that that wild man was responsible for that or was that just like another person? I think it was just as another. I think it was just something else that happened because he was just freaking crazy. <laughs> he was just in that case. I think I genuinely I in my personal opinion I think he was just I don't I don't know if he comes back or later. So this is me getting excited over things, but he just like. He was there and he fed Boji and like all this kind of stuff because he, that's just what he does. He's a lonely forest man, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that was like kind yeah, of I mean, it or not, but. I'm trying to think. Like, I thought it was implied that hit the knives were from him and it poisoned the meat, which poisoned the foxes, but I'm not sure. Well, no, because um, the, the knives were from Bebin. They were Bebin's knives because Delmas goes and he's like, Bevan, I know these are your knives. There's no oh, there. gotcha. Okay, so it's Bevan who's responsible for the deaths of the cute foxes. Okay, I can live with that then. Makes sense too, because he's like a snake charmer. So that that seems to be Bevan's way. Yeah, the the wild man seems to respect uh, the animals far more than him. Because um, yeah, he does a dance called the Dance of Reconciliation, which is to thank the spirits of the animals they kill. And he says, "We sacrifice the lives so that we might feed and sustain ourselves." So. Yeah, I like part of the animals being taken and then brought back into the world because of um, healing or, or not healing um, sacrifices and stuff. Like they actually showed the souls being—I called it the animal soul sucker—being sucked out and then being deposited back into the forest. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean the use of like magic and spirits in the in this world is so endearing. I mean, I, I again, I'm I'm a person who who in general of how I how I process stories, um, it's it's always the character stuff that interests me, not so much the the mythology of how shit works. Um, 
to me, all this stuff is window dressing, but it's very pretty window dressing and I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I, I'm very much into the little hidden meetings, but like, I also like to look into things a little more than I should. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but again, this world, I just love how this world works. And I mean, you know, I, I regret that we skipped the introduction of the King of the Underworld, but he has a very fun character design. Uh, he looks he looks kind of like uh, the Ice King from uh, Adventure Time. You're right. Oh, yeah, I see that. I see it. Yeah, he's got real Ice King vibes. I don't know if it looks like, you know, it, it's kind of a combination of Ghibli, Nickelodeon. It's It's got a very wonderful art style that I just, you know, it's a gorgeous show to look at. Very different from everything that we get to now nowadays, like, which is really nice and refreshing. Like, it's nice. Not that I don't like animation style nowadays, but I love a good refreshing something that looks good, too. Like, they tried something new and it worked. Yeah, I like the risk. I think that's the thing is like for me, like, you know, like coming into like, say, this podcast or like just like this project as someone who had no experience whatsoever with anime. You know, I had like certain uh, expectations of like, I think, Jack, you alluded to it earlier, just like everything's Dragon Ball Z and it's like all Dragon Ball Z. And there's like a lot of stuff like that. But like it's when we get to stuff like this where I'm like, oh, it's, you know, this is um it's a style. It's not a genre. Like there's no rules here. It's just like, it's a, just a different way of presenting storytelling. And, you know, I think it helps probably that, like, you know, the creator of this, like the manga, like, you know, maybe wasn't the most experienced artist. So, you know, allowed for like this kind of style to kind of come about instead of just mimicking everyone else. It's like, well, I have limitations, so I can't copy what everyone else is doing. So I'll just go do my own thing. And, you know, I like it. It's like, it kind of gives me a throwback to like, sort of older Disney vibes, like, you know, something like that would be made in like the seventies, like that kind of art style. But it, um, what was it the Disney? Oh, the Disney Renaissance. Wasn't that what it was called? Like yeah. Disney like Renaissance, that? like that kind of stuff where I was like, Oh yeah. Like, and then, but it's like, has this modern, like sort of flair to it. So like, it's hard to describe, but I will say it's very like pleasant to watch. You're not like, Ooh, I'm cringing at this. It's like, no, it's good. It works. Like, I just love like, there's like shots where like Boji's face is like very much like drawn with just like two, you know, two dots and like a little smile, like line for a smile, like just like distant shots or like him in the bed and stuff. And I was like, I love those little moments. I love that. It's like that they're playing with the, like the cartoony aspect of the animation. And even the simplicity of his of his normal face too. Like his smile is literally just a V. Yeah, that's it. Oh, love it. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of perfect. I also love his crown. His crown kind of gives me like Jughead vibes a bit, with like how yep. you know, like classic Jughead, not Riverdale right, Jughead, has okay, the little crown. Yep. So cute. Um, let's talk Despa. Despa is the reason why I jumped ahead uh, for these episodes. I love Despa so much. Despa, what are those pants? What? That literally, his pants threw me off. I was like, I can't, I can't. I love him as a character, but his pants are so bad. He's a, he's a fancy lad. He's a fancy lad. Yeah, he's a little, little, little lad who loves berries and cream at this point. Blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was that. It was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good reference. Yeah, <laughs> so um, we we jumped ahead. Episode four uh, ended with uh, Boji being pushed down into the gates of hell. And uh, then I jumped to episode seven because I'm like, fuck it. We need to see Despa because uh, he's my boy. They, like this jump around, like, had, even though we jumped two episodes, I kind of did like it's like, okay, we know like Boji's fine. And also we get like a reunion uh, with Kaji because Kaji like kind of disappears for a few, like for the last like 
episode. And I like that there mm-hmm. at some point there's like a reunion there. I'm assuming Kaji saves Boji or something, or like that's how do they reunite? Just like to fill me in. So yeah, in episode five, they show Boji falling in. Um, but something shoots out of his bag and you find out that Kage's been in there the whole time in his bag oh. through the whole journey. It's so cute. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, because I guess, yeah, Kaji did make the pledge that he was going to stay by him and like be a faithful friend. Because um, that's like the thing with the clan. So it's like, no, we we just, you know, we, we're we here to like help and like serve. That's what the mother okay. says earlier. But yeah, like, so jumping to episode seven. Yeah, Despa. I mean, Despa so... So, like, you don't know if he's telling the truth or not is the, the best way to describe it. Uh, and he, he, in the English dub, he's voiced by Christopher Sabat, who is uh, the voice of uh, Vegeta, most notably, and also uh, All Might in uh, My Hero Academia. So just a great voice actor. And, you he's know, been there twice then, because All Might, the Japanese voice actor for All Might is uh, he voices King Boss. Oh, OK, shit. I think I think that's who it is. I think. Nice. Boss. Yeah, he, the, he plays the Japanese version of. Bot, King Boss is the Japanese version of All Might. That's oh, kind of cool. Nice, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Um, again, Despa, he's he's, you know, he he's he's you know, he's very vain. I mean, again, he asks for a bunch. Of, he first of all, he has to be paid. That's the one thing, uh, <laughs> that has to happen. First of all, and like Kage gives him like everything, all the gold they have, and then he's like, okay, well, I need more. And then you know, Kage just tosses pretty much everything he stole. <laughs> Uh, from Boji uh, back when the show first started. And then he's like, yo, that was my life savings, or at least, you know, everything I stole when I first met Boji. Yeah, I love, I, I genuinely like Despa as a character. He's a, what I like about it too, is that you realize later that he's another one of those people who didn't underestimate Boji. Like you think he's going to be like, oh, I'm just wanting this because I want to get paid. But like, he genuinely actually believes that Boji has the ability to be strong and be a good king and like be able to fight which i love about Dessa. the other thing too there's there's a fun little twist where you know uh he shakes uh boji's hand and you're like oh my god you're so goddamn weak it's like i can't train you from nothing um but then he's like listen you know you gave your you paid me uh your services rendered so here listen i'm gonna help you out no matter what it takes yeah. exactly oh god i i loved uh boji's cooking my god guys Oh god, that the scene adorable. The meal looks yeah the, so bad. the the way the way the way the scene starts. It's like Boji is so proud of himself. You're like, oh my god, is like Boji also an amazing cook? And then you see the end results, and yeah, it's it's fucking sludge. He had Despa tripping balls. Yeah, it, holy, it, it's so bad. It literally makes Despa trip. I know. I I love that. I love that. Like the whole lead up to it of just being like, oh, I guess uh, Boji's a really good cook because he's like putting all this stuff in. But then you're also questioning, you're like, there's a full whole egg. He's not chopping any vegetables. Like he's doing all this, but he's like tasting it. And he's like, oh, it's so, so good. And you're like, see if you're like pouring in a bunch of sugar, but he's also got like salt. And you're like, wait. And then I love that. Like for some reason it's purple. Um, and then it just, and he's like eating it. He's like, this is the best thing ever. And the other two are like, what the fuck has he made? It smells awful. Well, I love this, how nicely the scene also gives you backstory of Boji because it's like, okay, Boji is a child of the giants. You find that out. Obviously King Boss is huge, but like they have a tough lining for his stomach. So poison wouldn't have even bothered Boji if it would have gotten to him. And like, 
that you find out these little little things just from a simple scene of cuteness, you know. I guess we're kind of towards the end already, um, and that's where Kage uh, spies Boji training and sees a shattered boulder. So Tanjiro, that boulder. Sorry, I'm making more references, but like full blown, chop that thing in half. Icon. I'm here to. St- I stand Boji. I'm sorry. I'm here. Everyone listening, I stand Boji. Who doesn't stand Boji? I want to meet someone who doesn't. I'm like, well, I mean, maybe I don't because that person probably sucks. No, Bo- Boji's a fantastic character. Um, yeah, I think that about covers it. I don't know any other thoughts you want to go on before we get uh, into our side segment, Malcolm. Any yeah. any other more side? I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. There's one thing that kind of bothered me watching this whole thing, and it's that like like there's like this mythology and like this is called ranking of kings, and like there's this idea of like there's like some like higher being or like the gods who like rank the kings. I think it's like one through seven. And I want to say that like that plays almost in no way to the story. <laughs> like this is like, it has almost nothing to do with like Boji's adventure. Like it's just this hook that they have. And I was like, it kind of felt a little like stupid where I was like, huh? Um, I don't know if this like makes a ton of sense. But I do like the hook of it. I like I like the idea of it. It just is one of those things that they just maybe they do it in the later episodes where it like matters more. But like at this point, it was just like I don't know why it's called ranking of kings. Like I don't know like why this is such an you know sales pitch of the whole story. But it felt like kind of stupid. I don't because like I personally don't love the name ranking of kings. I think it's kind of a weird name for the story. But I guess it's better than like you know, uh, Boji's adventure or whatever. <laughs> like I get that too, but it's just, I don't know. There's almost, I want something more with the system, but it's just like, doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It seems. Do you want a tournament arc, Malcolm? Cause it seems like you're asking for a tournament arc. Well, no, it seems like it's implying a tournament arc and there's no tournament. arc. <laughs> so um... Five episodes, battle Royale, go. This yeah. is no, this is let's let's completely derail the arc of the show and just make it a fucking tournament like halfway through. Well, but here's the thing what I'm making the argument of is that it's implying a tournament arc, and I don't think the show needs a tournament arc, so that's why they can just like get rid of it. Like, I feel like it's one of those things is just like get rid of it and just make it up, really just focus it on a little prince, a deaf prince who, like, with the power of positivity. Uh, you know, basically brings the world together. That's the story I want. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need to hear about the gods <laughs> and their ranking. It's, it's, like a, it's like a bad BuzzFeed list. Like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe, maybe perhaps, uh, this is just a thought that popped into my head, but maybe the measure of kings would be more accurate. But I don't know. I like ranking because yeah, I... yeah, like what is yeah, you can because you can make it more philosophical, I feel like, of just like, you know, like what makes a king, right? Like that's really like the question I feel like of this show is like, you know, does it does a king need to be like the strongest man who's like will go to war and like, you know, just slay everyone with like a you know, the one sword and just like, you know, with just the brute strength, you know, kind of force everyone together, or can it be like these radical acts of kindness? uh you know can that can that you know bring will that make a worthy king so um is he like especially the kingdom of bosses you know what what i'm asking is like can you know can boji be the boss king uh without being a super violent person i think i think the title i think the kind of awkwardness of the title is for one thing something that kind of anime fans seem to like because i know like for example attack on titan 
that's actually not what the title of the manga should be. If you translate it to English, it should be called Attack of the Titans. But um, it was just chosen because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but I think anime fans tend to like a little foreignness in their titles. I think the fact that... I do find a lot of people think it's funny. Well, not funny, but like they, they you're right. They find it endearing that, oh, this is how it's supposed to be said. That's cool. Like, and it's kind of where and I'm not saying that this is every anime fan. I'm not dissing anybody who watches anime and watches it in this way. But some people like to um, immerse themselves so deeply into it that you're right. They do think that, oh, this must be the direct translation because it sounds different. Which means that there's the, what you're saying is that those people are stupid. No, that is not what I am saying. <laughs> I'm joking. I, those are my words. That's my words. I'm not putting that onto you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I listen, I, I just came up with the title, The Measure of Kings. But even though Ranking of Kings sounds kind of awkward, I still kind of like it. And, you know, the, the manga is still ongoing. It's 13 volumes and counting. So so, so, that, so that tournament arc's coming up is what I'm oh. Is what I'm, it sounds like you're implying. You're like you're hoping for that. Jump it up. They're gonna derail everything about the the series and just make it terrible at the very end. I heard that's what happens to B stars in like the third season or or later parts of the the manga. Because uh, I don't know if you've watched B stars, um, Sarah. Have you watched that? Yeah, it's I've on heard- my list to watch, but I've got to. Okay, you haven't watched it. Um, I've got to push into it. <laughs> I've heard that's a show where it starts off like I, the the parts of Beastars I watched are really good, but then I hear it becomes more action and shonen-y later on. Um, that's just what I've heard. I don't know any like plot spoilers, but some series just kind of take a turn where they do lose uh, lose their soul. Um, there's another show I really like. It's a classic anime called Yu Yu Hakusho. It's from the guy who did Hunter Hunter. It's the series he did right before that. It's fantastic, but it uh, starts off as like being about a dude who's like a spirit detective, and then like a quarter of the way in, they're just like, "Fuck it, we're uh, we're a traditional shonen anime now." Uh, and it it does have multiple tournament arcs. It has like three. <laughs> um, it's fantastic though. Uh, that's an example of uh, a show uh, changing its genre for, to shonen and actually being good. Um, yeah, it's hard to get that that balance. Like other one that like changes, not really changes its genre, but does Attack on Titan huge for changing up what's actually going on? Because like you have your first season, it's like oh, get rid of the Titans. Then the next season, you're like whoa, that's different. And then you're like whoa, that's way different. And now it's like something completely different. We've covered Attack on Titan on the podcast, and yeah, that's a show where it's like oh, cool, it's them fighting uh, monsters, and then by the end, it's like is it right to commit genocide? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean that. I think that's the thing. These stories grow and they evolve and change. So it's like something that, like, maybe it's like you know an early idea. Like, probably you know the probably the, the kernel of like ranking of kings probably came from like this idea of like, oh, this you know this system, this committee that like ranks the kings and like you know then what? What if we get like someone who's like would we would think of like oh would be like the last ranked king? Like, what would his journey be to be like the first ranked king? But then, you know, I think as the story evolves and grows and, you, you know, they're, you know, the creators thinking about it more and more, it's like, oh, it just becomes something different. And sometimes the, the titles don't necessarily reflect what the show or like the story is about. And so I do respect that element to it. It's just for me, we're talking about like, this is like, this is how much I enjoyed it. That that's the, the thing I'm most bothered by is the title. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, I don't have a lot to like grasp on in terms of being like, uh, you know, of just being kind of like constructively critical. I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate on the whole 
thing. I actually really enjoy the title and I do find it plays a big part. I don't know if it's because it's outside of the episodes that we were discussing today, which is probably what it is, is that every single character that you meet along the way on Boji's journey is a ranked king. You know, you have King Des- Desha, you have um, Boss, and you see that Data gets ranked as 90th and like that's kind of his arc into getting okay I want to get him to be a better king and brings it in like that's how I view it is that it actually it plays a huge role in it because I do want to see what he would have been ranked as because everyone would have seen him as as last place but when you see him through the show he kind of gets you're like oh no I would have ranked him higher I would have ranked him way higher than this guy he's doing way better than Desha who's got the second spot you know what i mean that's how i see it though I understand that like i'm being, like i said is i'm being uh nitpicky here uh and maybe commenting on the culture of these uh some of these stupid names <laughs> for shows that are um even though i do like the name attack on titan it has something uh it has like a cool flair i when i before i'll full disclosure um before like we covered it on the podcast i didn't really know anything about it i just assumed it was set on the uh, the moon titan and then uh that's not the case at all. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think it's time to move on to our favorite segment. Uh, Sasha, cue the music. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, so for those just joining in, and I think also Sarah, because I did not even explain this to you beforehand, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character of this batch of episodes that we watched. Uh, so I'm going to go first because I figured my Speedwagon out. My Speedwagon was originally going to be Despa because I planned these episodes out it ahead. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with baby uh, Mitsuba, the, uh, the two-headed snake. I just want a plushie of baby Mitsuba. It's so adorable. You know, the shot of Boji uh, sleeping with him. Oh, my God. That's enough to be a speed wagon for me. That's a good one. That's fair. I, that's I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Who's your uh, favorite uh, supporting oh, character? Kokoro, the second um, guard that goes with Boji on his adventure, because he's another one of those characters that is there for Boji. He saw that kindness. We talked about it. He saw that kindness and is like, no, this is my child now. I am going to protect him with my life. And you see just like what a fantastic character he could be too. He could be a big character in the show. Um, He's also voiced by Deku in uh, My Hero Academia, the guy who voices Deku. And the guy who voices Deku in the dub voices Dida. Not that yeah. Boji was bad, but like I just love the character. That'll be my speed wagon. 
No, that's that's a good choice. I mean, these are both like really solid options. Like I I was definitely leaning towards uh, both of these uh, those characters, uh, especially the snake. I was like, because especially when the reveal of like the little snake and like you know and like oh it grows up and you know has uh, Boji's back. I was like, oh that's great. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I think uh, just to, to spice it up, I'm gonna go with the wild man. I forget his name. But I don't know why. I just like really loved like the dance, like when they're like dancing and like on the top of the cliff, and then he's explaining how like the the cycle of like you know certain beings, you know, kind of you know are returned to the forest, and then they you know we use them for sustenance, and like you know once they go they go back up, and it's like this cycle. Uh, I don't know. There's something kind of beautiful about like the animation of that, and like sort of the bonding that Boji and this wild man have until obviously the betrayal. Um, but like up until the betrayal, I was like. Oh, this could have been a fun character just to have of like I kind of was like maybe it's like a trope of these shows that I was expecting this thing of like the wild man just kind of joins like I kind of was hoping for that arc where it's like yeah it looks like I'm joining now like we just need a third you know we need another person on this because I like I feel like a lot of these journey shows like they just pick up people along the way he kind of felt like a character that could have been picked up along the way of like oh he's gonna say crazy things and do like wild card stuff but, he could you know, have been like um, King Boomy in Avatar. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that was it where it's like, you know, you find out he's, you know, the leader of some like random forest tribe. And like, it's like, oh, wait, you uh, you have a whole army with you like that you can just summon. It's like, yeah, but I just felt like doing this instead. Like those are like sort of the vibes I was getting. Uh, but until the betrayal, I was like, yeah, this was a really nice kind of one off character who's only there for, you know, 10 minutes. Um, and I like that he didn't immediately kill them. Uh, Boji, like he just like he's in the other room. He's like, where, who, where did you come from? Because <laughs> you know, Boji just like stops, <laughs> like he just dodges all the spikes in that pit. So yeah, the Wild Man. I don't remember his name, but I'm just gonna call him the Wild it, Man. It, to be fair, it was I don't think it was ever said. Uh, uh, maybe we'll get some backstory to him maybe later. Um, but yeah, it doesn't even show up in the Ranking of Kings wiki, which is woefully. Um, under underwritten um i was looking for that wiki to help me and my god uh people people gotta you know go to that ranking of king's wiki and help everyone out yo um all right i think it's time for final thoughts um yeah i'll go first uh this show is very good please watch it watch all of it um the dub will be finished i think next well no the double will be finished when this episode airs for sure so yeah you have no excuse um watch the show it's definitely one of the highlights of the recent anime season. And yeah, uh, Boji is the best. Kage is the best. Um, and even characters you may not like may be revealed to be the best. So that's that's my hint. Still don't like dumbass. I still, <laughs> I can't do it. And I, I can't. Just right now, I'm, I'm going to revel in my hatred. Right now, where I'm sitting, I'm going to revel in it and just let it go as it goes. Fair enough. Uh, Malcolm, what about you? What are your final thoughts? I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I was expecting. I like I kind of came in being like ranking of kings. Like I'm not a big fantasy fan, so it's just like oh, this is gonna be like a slog. And then like and then you know first kind of opening moments with like the Kaji's like character design. I was like oh no, we're going into slime territory. I was just there's like a bit of dread. And then all of a sudden it's like you start you know seeing stuff about Boji and like you know the you know code you know Kaji becomes a character and like. You know, I was just like everything like started building up in this way that I was like, oh, I'm really intrigued. Like this is this is something that I shouldn't have enjoyed as much as I did just based on like my past sensibilities. 
but I, yeah, this is, yeah, like you said, this is a highlight of, I guess, if this is a newer show, like this, like, kind of current batch of anime shows that are being produced, like, yeah, I pro there's a chance that, like, I could, like, see myself watching more episodes, because it's, it's very good. It's nice, like, I keep saying Ted Lasso-like TV, but it really is probably the, the show closest to Ted Lasso in terms of just, like, this optimism that the show has that's so refreshing and that we need more of. So if you're just looking for the pick me up, this is probably a show to watch. Um, I, yeah, genuinely it's in my top 10 anime now. Um, I was not expecting it to be this good, but when I was told about it, it's like expect the unexpected and it has exceeded all of those expectations and more. Um, a star cast, a star animation, like I don't, that's not even, ranking but it is now it's a star ranking um and it's genuinely like all likable characters you're right these characters that you can't like you may not like them you still like the character because it just adds to the story lots of representation they include interpreters they include like realistic abilities and fabulous a plus all the good five star everything for it like highly recommend watching it all right, I think that's it. Uh, so, uh, Sarah, uh, where can people find you, or do you even want to be found? I mean, <laughs> I I have social medias. I need people seeing my social medias. <laughs> um, I'm on TikTok. Uh, I mean, Instagram. I am Sarah underscore Overacker. Same on Twitter. I am also Sarah underscore Overacker. Um, it's a CK in the end. If anybody's curious about it. And I hope this doesn't disconnect me when I go into it. Give me two seconds. Woo, 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 woo. I am Sarah underscore ha ha zero one two six on TikTok. If you really want to find me, it's not very exciting. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at uh, Jack is Jack on Instagram. Only real Jack M on Twitter. Malcolm, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Malcolm R J McLeod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to uh, leave us some stars. You can uh, leave us some stars, leave a review on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or like wherever you're listening to uh, podcasts right now. You know, word of mouth uh, helps a small podcast like out immensely. And like so far, like the feedback we get uh, have been getting has been fantastic. You know, some of the, your suggestions have led to uh, us and like the way we've, you know, decided to do certain episodes like they've inspired uh, shows and movies we've picked to cover so yeah uh, please uh, get at us at any of the social media platforms we really do appreciate uh, everyone who listens so yeah I think that about wraps it up I don't know if there's like any like final final thoughts on this but I think uh, this I feel like ranking of Kings I can see this going on longer like I, I'm sure there's gonna be a second season that'll be produced soon. Uh, I think this is probably one of the better uh, new animes out there. It seems like it's got uh, a strong base for, you know, to turn into something real massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did look up that apparently like the, the anime covers up to like volume 11. So I think they might have to wait a while before animating the rest. That's fair. I mean, that's I guess, I, you know, not everything can be uh, started in the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah, that that wraps up. And Malcolm, I'm sure you have uh, something to say at the very end. Uh, anyways, I think that about wraps everything up. Uh, and remember, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the deafest of them all? It's Poji. Bye. <laughs> later, power bottoms.